up, ghost? What's that, though? Just got done putting the kids to bed, getting a shower, getting ready to do a little DFS late walk. We only have two games, so it's going to be a nice walk. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, I was going to say, it's going to be pretty uh, low-key. I really don't expect a lot of turnout, uh, given the small slate and the late night on a Saturday, but um, we're going to do it live. We're going to do it nice. We're going to put it out in the air. We're going to put it on Spotify. Nobody's going to be able to avoid us. I love it. Also, we have a new recording bot. You can see that big blue face there. Um, we went up to premium in that. So um, use that for an AMA earlier this week. And it was perfect and had no issues. So we're going to use that instead of that spotty bot that we had before um, <laughs> and not have those issues anymore. Uh, also, I did drop the link to your contest on our DFS channel earlier today. Hope nice. you don't mind. Oh, that's awesome. And then uh, I didn't I didn't know if it told up yet or not. I hadn't checked since I got off work. But we um, we got uh forty thirty nine people in right now. And we're looking for, for how many? I think fifty. So we need eleven more, and we're good to go. I mean, it's not it's going to resize if we don't get there. It's not going to disappear. But it'd be nice to get fifty. You know, there. I mean, there is like another chat. I could drop it in, like if we wanted to, like get it to that. And they're like kind of sharps too, like not heavy but like they know i would say more than the average population so you know i say throw it in wherever i I, i've been reaching out to you know awesome and empire maker and everybody else because i like having the action you know um but like jen pinciotti's in there or whatever her name is uh you know howard bender's in there a bunch of people are in there um so i'm excited Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I was so I was so close to cashing last week too. Ooh boy. I know. I expanded it this week to five, the top five, just so it's not top three. So it's a little bit more uh, you know, people get to win more. So Dope, dope. I definitely like was not complaining. It was just like mm, so close. Like even like by that small of a margin, it was like uh to Uh, like it was very encouraging to see that hope is never truly lost it just feels that way in the moment it really does it really does but tonight i'm gonna run this pod with you and then uh place my online bets probably throw in a couple lineups watch this i'm not sure what do we know what time the mcgregor fight's actually supposed to start I don't know. Um, I don't have it up. Are you interested in stuff like that? Yeah, you know, I usually watch every UFC fight. um, But this fall, I have kind of fallen away because of all my Saturday content that I produce. That, um, Like Fast Hard Finish, my DFS Money Shot, this show, the writing I do before all that stuff, and the prep I do. By the time I'm done the DFS Money Shot, either I miss... The UFC fight, or I'm just too tired to even watch it. So um, today I'm not doing the DFS money shot, which is nice. 
So we'll see if I can actually get to the McGregor fight and and not have anything I have to do. So if you'll check your DMs, there's something there, um, little information. But um, yeah, um, I'm about to ping the DFS folks. I say. I can roll into it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, you interested in? We'll talk. We can talk afterwards. Actually, um, we'll go to five minute warning here. Let's. All right, this. sounds good, my friend. All righty, meeting myself and turning back to Bon Iver.
All right, all right, all right. Everybody, welcome to the DFS slate with myself, Space Ghost Force, and my main man, Scott Simpson, a.k.a. Nimble with Numbers. Scott, how you doing tonight? I am doing well. I am very excited. We have, uh, you know, three football games left until the end of the season. And so uh, I don't want it to be hurry up and over and be done with, but I'm so excited about tomorrow. Um, I've got about... 350 bucks in DFS out there in different tournaments and stuff. So I, I'm not expecting to win that much money. Hopefully I get my money back, but still a lot of fun and, and the potential to possibly win is there. So the sweat is real. So I'm excited. I'm excited to hang out with you and everybody else here in the chat tonight, answer DFS questions, hopefully make you some money as well as myself. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I've uh, never felt better getting off of work. Um, the ten hour the ten hour Saturday shifts are brutal, but um, you do what you got to do to guarantee that you get every Sunday off during football season. So that's uh, the proposal I made with my boss, and it was accepted. So here we are. It's nearing the end of the season. I'm also upset to be seeing it be over i'm not upset to be getting my saturdays back potentially so um dfs wise uh i love the different type of builds that are going to be thrown around this week uh be it gpp or cash um there's a lot of different avenues that you can take and all of them seem really popular and i'm really Really excited to break down uh, your thoughts on it, and I'm just here so I don't get fined. So they say. <laughs> I love that. I'm I'm here because I I want to get fined, you know. So we're we're here for competing purposes, but I think we'll end up getting to the same uh, destination in the end, and that's picking some good players to put in our lineup to make sure that we can uh, cash. Specifically, I like how you have laid out Bo's lineup and you kind of said, well, you know, what do you feel about this lineup? Um, I think I'd love to jump in from there. I, I love this lineup for a GPP more than I do for a cash game, um, particularly with AJ Dillon and Valdez Scantling as, as nice differentiated dart throws. Um, both of them are very low owned. AJ Dillon right now projected around 2% ownership. Uh, Valdez Scantling around three percent ownership and so um if you're looking to differentiate yourself uh both of those players are you know under five percent owned if you're combining them uh which i really like gabriel davis i'm unsure i actually have him in a few lineups as well but given the fact that he is, i'm not sure if he's been declared out i've been trying to follow it all day uh, as i've been you know just writing and doing different things checking in to see if, what his status is um but he's somebody who i'm i have a feeling that we're going to be pivoting away from um i have him in my hundred dollar lineup against Bo. i'm going head to head against Bo uh, as he's in my flex as well but i have a feeling it, he might not start i'm not sure completely but the writing is on the wall his ownership is at zero percent so if he does go that is a great differentiated you know and we, we get a, a clean bill of health he's going to play the whole game uh, on that ankle uh, that that would be good news for us uh, because his ownership is so low that it would be a differentiation and if he did hit, you know, that, that's where you get your big money in some of those GPP tournaments. Uh, for cash, though, I think I want a little bit more stability, uh, particularly uh, I'm not going to be leaving $700 on the table in cash, I do not think. 
Um, what about you? What did you think when you saw the lineup? Uh, what did you like? What did you kind of go, huh? Um, I mean, what I love is having, which leads into my next sort of question with, we've got the three big receivers on the slate this week with Diggs, Devontae, and Tyreek. And in this lineup, we have Devontae, Diggs, and then you have Kelsey, which who I also mentioned. Um, so I, I like all three of those. Um, it's just a matter of do you spin down even harder in the running back category to get – well, you can't have all four. Hmm. Tough. Yeah, it's, it's almost impossible to have all four and not end up with A.J. Dillon and, you know, um, D- Darwin Thompson. You know what I mean? Like it, right. it, some some absurd thing that I mean could happen, but not really going to happen, you know. So no, um, I, I did take the Gabriel Davis uh, bullet either. I believe it was last week, or it may have been the week before. Um, it was not, yeah, last so, week zero. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I took the bullet on that one. Um, he was probably the reason I didn't cash in our contest. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't necessarily dislike that play this week um agree with you that um it'd be a good point of differentiation amongst the rest of the uh gpp pool um for net and dylan i just don't know about i mean i'd have to look at other lineups and sort of build around there but dylan i like for the upside i mean he doesn't have to do much um in, in terms of getting your value back, uh, for net at fifty three hundred, though I feel like I don't know. There, there's other moves I would rather make. I I saw a, a funny uh, quip, I guess you could say, earlier this week that said that the lineup that wins this week is going to end up leaving ten thousand dollars on the table. That's hilarious. That's a lot of money and to leave on the table. It is. It is. And it's uh it's uh just sort of kind of throws the idea of just how how many I'm just I'm interested in what your ownership um what you would like to see in your lineup this week given such a small slate. I mean, I know it's gonna be obviously elevated. But do you still try to keep it at a certain level? And would you mind divulging us the great Discord chat of that information? Of course. So looking, and I have uh, Occupy Fantasy pulled up right now, uh, looking at the ownership percentages, they're astronomical for those people that we we would expect. So, you know, starting with the big four, as you call them, uh, Travis Kelsey's around 67% owned, uh, Devontae Adams, 67%, Diggs, 65 And then you got to drop down to 46% for Tyreek Hill. Uh, and this is in the DraftKings uh, main slate. I can pull over, pull up, and look at FanDuel main right now as well. Let me do that real quick and see if the ownership changes a little bit. It might. Um, let me see. Uh, there they have Devontae Adams at 66, uh, Kelsey 66, Diggs 64, Tyreek Hill 42. So a little bit of depressed value a little compared 
uh, onto FanDuel from DraftKings. But uh, both sites, you're in the 60s for those three players. So if you put those players on your team, uh, it's almost three out of those four players are probably going to be on everybody's team because they're the best players. Um, And they've shown all year that they're the best players at their position. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Adams, and and um, Diggs are like one, two, three, you know, and so uh, it's no surprise that they're priced, you know, uh, you know, the three most expensive wide receivers. And it's no surprise that people are trying to jam as many in. Uh, I do think for, to win the Millie or to win the big GPP tournaments, you're going to have to have somebody else. You're going to have to have a different big three besides that. You can't have all those guys. There's just going to be so many people with the same lineup. So um, if you want to split the Millie maker or whatever with, you know, 150 people or 500 people, you can have all those same guys. Um, for cash, I would I would definitely recommend getting three out of the four. It, it might be helpful to look at pay down options at wide receiver who have uh, maybe volume or opportunity uh, to differentiate yourself. So let's take a look at some of that, the ownership here. I can start with uh, the first matchup, Tampa Bay and uh, Green Bay. I can start with Tampa and their wide receivers. Um, Chris Godwin's at 39%. Mike Evans is at 26. Uh, and then uh, there's a big drop down to Scotty Miller at 6%. So if you're looking to differentiate, um, you know, in the in the Bucks or using the Bucks, you've got Scotty Miller down at 6%. He's the lowest out of all those, uh, you know, wide receivers, out of the top three wide receivers there. Um, and then they don't even have, and he's not even ranked at all here, is... Um, is Tyler Johnson. He's at 0%. So, I mean, that's a real dart throw there. But, uh, you know, I think helping, looking looking at each of these teams and where their ownership is does help. Um, moving over to Green Bay, checking out their wide receivers, uh, is a tale of, of two cities here. You've got Devontae Adams at 60, you know, 6%, 67%, and then it drops down considerably. Alan Lazard is next up, uh, which is nice, but... Uh, you know, Marquez Valdez scaling is way down. So if we go over, let me fix this real quick. I'm doing a little playing right here. You know, Devontae Adams 67, Allen's are 13, and then Marquez Valdez scantling is at three. So uh, if you're going to have Devontae Adams in your lineup, that's great. You know, maybe have one of these other wide receivers if you're going to stack that game in there as well, or maybe have Scotty Miller or... Uh, you know, differentiate yourself if you're if you're doing a, a showdown or game stack in this single uh, matchup here. Even if you're doing in the in the Millie Maker, which is the full slate, I would still look to differentiate and have one of those three percent owned, five percent owned players. Uh, they're just going to help you get away from the chalk. Speaking of chalk, um, quarterback quarterback ownerships. Um, yeah, pull those up here because that, that's going to lead me to my next question. Yeah, so the quarterback ownership, Pat Mahomes is at 36% owned, Josh Allen at 29%, Aaron Rodgers 21 and then Tom Brady down bottom of the barrel at 6,100. He is only 14% projected ownership at this time. Okay, so my question is, who are you stacking this weekend? I've got two main stacks that I've been working with this weekend. Uh, and they've, they've involved Aaron Rodgers and two or three of his receiving weapons, including Tunyon, um, Marta, you know, MVS, and, um, Lazard, and Devonta Adams. So I, I've, I've done 
either I'm putting either Devontae Adams or Stefan Diggs pretty much in every single lineup. A lot of them have both of them in it. But uh, if I do, I do have a few lineups where I've faded um, Adams and I put in uh, I put in MVS, Tunyon, and Aaron Jones. And I've stacked them with Rodgers. So I've moved them around. Uh, I think my main stack, though, is going to be Josh Allen with Diggs. Um, I think for the upside that they both have, particularly Josh Allen's rushing upside, he's got nine rushing touchdowns this year. Uh, the next closest person on this slate is, I think, Tom Brady with four. Aaron Rodgers has four as well. I think Pat Mahomes is three. So, um, you know, I think that differentiates Josh Allen. I think that makes him the best value at 6,900. Um, but I like Aaron Rodgers too. Um, and there's a, there's a time and a place where Tom Brady, you know, does well and throws three touchdowns, four touchdowns. But um, if Josh Allen runs for a touchdown, that's two more points than a Tom Brady throw for a touchdown. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not against Tom Brady, but I have very few Tom Brady lineups this week so far. That was going to be my question of whether you preferred. Well, I guess you you made whether who you preferred between the Rodgers and Devonte or Mahomes and Tyreek or Kelsey or both, or do you prefer the Josh Allen Diggs and then yeah. whoever else? Yeah, I think my favorite individual stack is, or, or just one stack of not, you know, not multiple receivers, is Allen and Diggs, and second is Rodgers and Adams. And I think part of the reason for me is that uh, Patrick Mahomes can go to Travis Kelsey, he can go to Miko Hardman, he can go, you know, they could run the ball. The last time they played Buffalo, it was CEH's best game. He ran the ball. Uh, I think for over 150 yards and just uh, eight, eight the clock up or around that eight the clock up. And, um, you know, they didn't give Josh Allen the chance to really control the game. It was, a, they only scored 17 points. The Bills did. So um, Tyree kill had 5.5 DraftKings points. He only had three targets, three receptions. And so I don't think that's going to happen this game. I think he'll get more like 10 targets, not three, but uh, you could see in that just the box score of that game. They don't, like, they don't have to have Tyree kill to win. You know, like they can use other options and they can still win. They stay crushed that game and they didn't have to use Tyreek Hill. Whereas Josh Allen uh, is going to have to use Diggs. Like he, you know, I'm not sure um, how healthy Cole Beasley is. He's probably a little bit healthier than he was last week, but he's not gashing people for, you know, 50 yards downfield. That's, that's Diggs. Um, John Brown is more of a mid-range, you know, 15 to 20 yard downfield guy. He's not a 50 yard downfield guy either. Uh, and then Gabriel Davis can do that, but he's nicked up a little bit. And so Isaiah McKenzie um, could be in there. But even so, I think Diggs is the, the most important weapon on that team. And so that kind of gives him the edge. And he's also been matchup proof in the playoffs so far. He's at 20 targets, 14 receptions, 234 yards, two touchdowns. He's got 17 more points or 18 more points than any other wide receiver. So, um, he could do it. He could have a dud. He could, but I I just love Diggs. You know, um, that's my that's my best wide receiver play. He's going to be in every single lineup I make this week. So, I mean, he's been undeniable. He's been the wide receiver equivalent of Derrick Henry last year in the playoffs. I mean, moving forward, guaranteed. You couldn't you couldn't stop him. Still can't no. stop him. No, no, you can't. And I won fifty bucks last week off of my man. First time in a long time, 
uh, Bo McBig time. He beat me five straight weeks. And so I went with Diggs last week, and actually that's what that was the key. You know, it was the key for me to get my victory. Him. So I'm going to go back to the well again this week, and uh, I'm hoping – particularly hoping for an upset. Not I love I love every team in here in the in the playoffs. I don't hate any team. Uh I love the Bills. I love Kansas City. They're great teams. I just love to see Josh Allen and the Bills go since last year we had Pat Mahomes go and I'm not against dynasties but um I just would love to see that and see what he could do against Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady and the young versus the the you know old guns. So uh, this is going to be great. I I am predicting that Buffalo wins by 3 and I think Josh Allen really is a big part of that if it happens. So um, I could be wrong. And, you know, Josh Allen somebody who has, you know, struggled at times in those big pressure moments. But I think he's matured this year. And last week's performance in the wind, I think, was remarkable. I think people were kind of crapping on it and um, not understanding when, when the strongest arm in the NFL is trying to throw the football downfield and the, the wind is moving it, you know, 20 yards or 15 yards away from his receiver. Um, that's not going to happen every week. You know, Josh Allen was over 70% accurate this year. So it's going to be a little bit different this week, I believe. And I think that he's going to be more accurate. And I think he's going to get a lot of downfield plays with my man, Stefan Diggs. I wouldn't be surprised if Diggs doesn't go for a 40 plus yard touchdown uh, in this matchup. So that's kind of where I'm leaning. Uh, I could be wrong, but uh, hopefully, uh, you know, my, my tingles are, are backed up by the data. <laughs> and hopefully you didn't just didn't just uh jinx everything that you put out on the table there oh i'm sure Um, i did i'm sure i did looking at john brown versus cole beasley you prefer one over the other this week given the cornerback matchups and or ownership and all that jazz yeah so let's pull up their ownership and kind of talk about you know what what it what it where it leads us and what we can do with it, uh, depending on which game you're in as well, it, it might look different. I like Cole Beasley for cash a little bit more than I like John Brown. He's very cheap, and you know he, in his role underneath, does get targets, uh, and uh, that is going to be something in this game. I, I I see Josh Allen dropping back, you know, forty times again. I don't see them, um, probably, you know, maybe they run twenty times and they drop back forty times. So I I, I feel like he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. I know that that um, you know the the Chiefs have a a strong pass rush and and they you know they could get to the quarterback but uh, I don't see them blitzing him very often so uh, I think he will have time to get to all of his receivers really um, and I think he'll have a clean pocket for most of it so uh, let me pull up the uh, the ownership they are, here they are top ten and then adjusted fantasy points against ranking so you are correct in there yeah um, um, let me see pass rush. so. John Brown is 27% owned and then is 23 touchdown factor. Um, if you, if you say, well, which one of them gets a touchdown, I think John Brown has a better chance of getting a touchdown. Um, then Cole Beasley, I think Cole Beasley will see more targets. Uh, and so I, if you're looking for the floor, it's Cole Beasley. If you're looking for more of a ceiling, I think it's John Brown. I love my man, John Brown. Yeah, he, he he he's effectively what Allen Robinson was before this year, which is probably the right pick, but never the pretty pick. <laughs> well, you know what? Price down at forty three hundred. Um, I know that they priced everybody down this week, so you could fit everybody in, and and they could kind of increase scoring, which I I like as a DraftKings um uh, user. 
her and 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 kind of critique her as we've gone along. Uh, you know, you you see the prices come out each week, and you're like, "That's ridiculous! I'm not paying that." Or, "Wow, that's are they trying to drive action down to Cream Hunt at 4,800?" You know, and it gets 25 points or whatever. Um, but I, I do think in this matchup, John Brown and Cole Beasley are both viable plays. I I think they're both good plays. I would uh, be comfortable having either one of them as my third receiver or my fourth, you know, in my, in my flex if I did that. Um, if you want to differentiate, they're going to make it so that you're not in the 60% range like Stefan Diggs is. So. Well, moving along with wide receiver pairs, um, Evans versus Godwin, fill any particular type of way? Yeah, let's take a look at their ownership percentage again. I, you know, I, I'm going to say Godwin because of the Jair Alexander factor, and uh, I think I know that when Tom Brady has a matchup that he likes, uh, I know that he exploits it. I don't think he likes that matchup, honestly. And the the data kind of you know bears that out here. Chris Godwin is at 42% ownership. Evans is at 29, you know, 30% ownership, and Scotty Miller is at 10%. Um, so if you're looking for somebody who field stretch the who's going to get targets coming out of the slot, uh, I think it's going to be Chris Godwin. So uh, I would, I would say Chris Godwin is my best play out of those groups, uh, that group of three, but I have more Scotty Miller than I have anything else just because I have chosen to get digs and Adams or Diggs, Adams and Kelsey, and I can't afford Godwin, um, you know, or Evan. So, you know, I, I've gone on Scotty Miller, but in builds where Chris Godwin is my wide receiver three, uh, I, you know, I, I, I feel confident in that as he's part of that big three, you could go Evans as well. I don't know if Jair Alexander is going to shadow him or if he's going to play on his side of the field and if they'll move him around, but Evans doesn't run out of the slot. And so it's an easier matchup to, to game plan around for, Packers, if if they want to get creative and they ran Mike Evans out of the slot, that would be interesting because I don't know how the pack would handle that. That might be a mismatch, uh, but Evans doesn't do that normally. So that's the, most of his you know, outside routes are not <laughs> slot routes. So, um, but yeah, so what, what are you thinking about, uh, about the ownership here for, for these guys? Um, well, I was going to preface this with saying that Chris Godwin on all the sources I'm looking at is, like you said, a better value play um, than Mike Evans. Not substantially, but still a better value play um, per dollar. Um, if I'm looking down towards Scotty Miller, I'm almost consider or Scott Miller, I'm almost considering pivoting and trying to do something with Rob Gronkowski. I uh, I don't find Scott Miller as a super attractive option. Um although I know he has shown games where he has shown out, but um I I, I just there's money I would really spend elsewhere, especially on the other side on the other game. Yeah. So and, so and that, if that's kind of why I'm at. Yeah, if you're going to pay down too, Cameron Brait at at three thousand is a great little you know deal. So, I mean, I think Rob Gronkowski is he thirty two hundred? Um, both of those guys. Let me. I, I moved a little site here. Let me check and see. Um, yeah, both those guys are going to pick up a little bit of ownership, but the, only six percent. That's 
That's interesting. That's a real interesting pivot right there. I heard um, Pete Oberzet and Alex Baker, you know, aka Osimo, talking on. yesterday you know a little bit differentiated with your double tight end sets and they were musing about you know you could do rob gronkowski and cameron great uh you're paying down you're only paying six thousand two hundred uh whereas for kelsey you're paying eight thousand and so that frees you up to you know play other studs and stuff i'm not sure if i'm gonna cameron Brait, rob gronkowski double stack i think that is super crazy to do but you know when you got millions of dollars like alex does to be able to do stuff like that then you know, you, you have that freedom. You can Andy Warhol it up if you want. Uh, but <laughs> I think either one of them, though, is is a good little play down there. Uh, not I'm not going to say it's be- better than Scotty Miller because Scotty Miller presents a bigger upside for the deep ball and the touchdown pass you know, over the top. But if you're looking for volume, I think Brate's your guy. And if you're looking for red zone touches and red zone touchdowns, I think Gronk has the potential to get you one as well. So uh, it, it's all your your what the game script you think is going to go. So I like both of those guys uh, if you're going to pivot away from Miller, for sure. Um, and moving along to other probably low-owned tight ends, Dawson Knox is still unplayable, right? Or, or are you throwing him in anywhere? You know, I have him. I have him in a few places. Uh, I think what's really nice about him is he's twenty eight hundred. He's he's the lowest tight end I will play on this slate for sure. Um, you know, I I don't think he's terrible, and uh, he hasn't been healthy all year. I think that's part of his problem. Last year he was he was healthy and he was more successful. He had more targets. He was targeted downfield. He was run out of the slot. Um, I, I'm not against him. I think for 2800 he is a, a nice punt tight end option if you're going to spend your money elsewhere. But I think I want to see what happens with Gabriel Davis. If Gabriel Davis is out and he's not playing, I think it does it does make it so that Dawson Knox is, is a little bit more viable, just a little bit, not a ton more. But, um, you know, you, all you're looking for for him is a touchdown, you know, three or four catches, a touchdown, get you 11 points, 12 points. Uh, whereas Gabriel Davis, if he's in, you know, he's they don't play the same position. They're not going to do the same thing for you. But uh, you know, Gabriel Davis is probably going to score from far away, not right up close in the you know in the, the five yard line, the three yard line. So that's where Josh Allen's probably going to run it in, honestly. So, yep, I uh, I feel like almost every single one of my lines is going to have to be Allen. But then again, his ownership at thirty percent can't do uh you're gonna have to do some pretty creative stuff in order to make the big bucks this week um when doing when doing that but yeah um can i I answer a question that i saw from andre in the in the chat here um he said are you playing tunyon yes yes i am playing tunyon i like tunyon a lot um if you're gonna game stack that game i do like tunyon with either mvs or lazard and Aaron Rodgers, and if you're uh, if you're looking at that type of stack, um, you know I, I probably if I have if I have Tunyon, I have Tyree Kill probably in my lineup because I can't put in Kelsey and Tyree Kill and Diggs and Adams if I'm going to go crazy with those guys. So um, I think he does provide a nice pivot at, at 3600. He is the second cheapest tight end, and uh, you know I don't. He's only 16% owned at 3,600. So he could easily get you 15, 16, 17 points. 
I think he's probably going to get you around 12 to 14 points. Uh, but he does have the potential to catch a touchdown. He's got 11 of them this year so far. So, you know, if you wanted to get away from Devontae Adams, or if you wanted to include Adams, Tunyon, and, uh, you know, if you wanted to do a super stack, like the other, the other, I actually wouldn't super stack this game necessarily. I think the other game is going to shoot out a little bit more than this game. Um, but, you know, if you stacked the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Browns game, you got the, like the Millie Maker had seven players from that game in his lineup. So there, it's not unheard of to have four players go from one team. Um, but you're spending a lot of money if you're going to have all, you know, uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers uh, on the same team. So you're going to have to pay down somewhere. So if you keep it on the same team, makes sense to, to put in a few of those, you know, 4K and underpriced guys. Also, uh, do you have any thoughts about turning the score of the first TD at plus 280 and all that other jazz? Seems like dart throws, but... I would say dart throws, yeah. I mean, the the Godwin one is interesting. I'm not sure if that's the second TD of the game overall or the second TD of of the, the team TD. Second overall, okay. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I can't believe that they only gave plus 280 for tending to score the first touchdown. That seems ridiculously low. I mean, I would expect plus four hundred at least at that. Yeah, I was gonna. I I thought maybe it was it was like they forgot they left a one off. <laughs> yeah, like I swear. I mean, uh, out of everybody to score the first touchdown. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, don't I, don't. I would not play that. It, I I yeah. wouldn't play it until I hit four plus four hundred. Honestly, if it's for first, did. Is it regardless of whether it was first overall or first for the team until it hits plus 400? I'm not touching Tunyon to score the first touchdown. Personally. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what Devontae Adams to score the first touchdown would be. I mean, like minus 100. <laughs> you know what I mean, like <laughs> I can pull it up for you real quick. Um, while we chatter here, um, any other interesting, um, so I mean, you you have your little builder there at, at your tips, right? Yes, sir. Can we do a little bit of experimenting? Let's build away. You tell All me right. who to put in, and I will I will throw them in, and then I'll give you the overall percentage. Okay, let's start with AJ Dillon. Let's go to the big D. Coming in hot. His ownership is at 2%, so that's not bad at all. Okay, let's go with Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. We got Diggs in. We got Allen in. Good, good, good. Okay. Dawson Knox at tight end. Got him in. All right, what do we have left to fill here? So we have right now RB2. We've got two wide receivers, a flex, and a defense. Okay, defense-wise, um, give me the second lowest owned. Second lowest owned is the Buccaneers. 
Mm. Are the Chiefs or Packers more priced? The the Chiefs are and the Packers are both priced above them. They're the lowest priced at twenty seven hundred. The Bills are only sixteen percent owned at twenty eight hundred. Okay, pick them up, please. Okay. We're going to onslaught the Bills game here. There you go. Sometimes you got to do that. Okay, Let's got... run it back with Miko. Or actually, let's do Denard, please. Okay. Denard. And now we have one run, one running back, one flex, one wide receiver. And a total, we've got 22,800 dollars left. So around almost 8,000 per player. We could play anybody, really. Okay, and that's what I'm getting at here. Um, the whole idea of like leaving 10,000 dollars on the table is like extreme, but I feel like the winning lineup is going to be so ridiculously money's left on the table, like in order to like win the Millie maker that it's going to be obscene um, because I feel like all those right there are not besides Denard. I, I think that all of them have a viable chance of getting their value back and, and not difficult per se. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm I might be, speaking the exact opposite of what you're thinking. No, I think that it is going to be a differentiated weird lineup because either that or they're, everybody's going to share the Millie Maker. It's going to be split, you know, a thousand ways or something, you know, um, because a lot of these tournaments, Millie Maker or not, when you're in these big GPP fields, you, you, you have to eat a little bit of chalk, but if you eat all the chalk, then you're not going to be able to win because you're just going to have everything that everybody else has. And that's, you know, I think there was one Millie Maker earlier this year on a, on a, like a showdown slate where like 2,000 people won or something. You know, they all tied for first. They got, you know, $1,000 or $5,000, something, something little, you know, um, where they could have won a lot more if they had been differentiated, but they wouldn't have won in that case. But, um, you know, so you have a lot of money left and you have three positions left to fill. Where are you headed with your money? Um, we plugged in Dylan, right? So yes, I might as well take Devante. Let's do it. At Devante. And that leaves me a wide receiver in the flex or just oh, flex? A running back and a flex. Running back in a flex. Um, I would want. Tough choices here. Um, I'd probably take Bo's advice and play. Learn well, learn for net. Yeah. Okay. And now we've got $9,000 left, $9,500 left. And plug whoever you think is best in. 
You know, I will, I think Travis Kelsey in your flex is the best because you got, I mean, you could pick, these are the choices, Aaron Jones, Chris Godwin, Tyree Kill, or Travis Kelsey. No, so, I like Kelsey to bring it back with the, uh, with the uh, Green Bay plays. So. Yeah, or, you're leaving $1,500 on the table, which is still quite a lot. Yeah, I would probably uh, take out Denard and summon Miko instead. And then um, maybe go AJ Dillon to Devin Singletary if Price forded it. Let's see if we can do that. Singletary, and then Michael. We can, we can do that. We still have seven hundred dollars left. And if we, yeah, it's probably where I'd leave it at. It's not it seems like lot. an awful. Lot, it's it seems like an awful lot of Bills players, though. It really does. It is four Bills players. Um, you know, at well, running, it's not as as bad as I thought. I, I thought it was five, but well, it's five okay. because of the defense. But that's not an offensive weapon, so you're not going to worry about that in, in your construction of of you know you've got five, but that's fine. I don't know if you're allowed to have five, but um, the I only love the Bills. I love the Bills defense this year so much. The only the only pivot that I would well not pivot, but the only thing I'm trying to do the uh, running backs right now. Um we can running back wise, we can put in Singletary, we can put in Williams, we can put in Clyde Edwards Hilaire, we can put in Ronald Jones. Um yeah, we can put uh, in Matt, you can put in anybody, really. I would prefer I mean, really, any of those options, I feel like they have the opportunity to go off. Um, Rojo is interesting, given you know, he hasn't been a complete disappointment as of late. Um, remembering correctly, maybe he has been. Um, but if Claude was healthy, uh, I would probably run him out. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big question is what his workload is going to be tomorrow. And I have my my lineup with Bo in it has Williams and it has Gabriel Davis. And, I mean, I might pivot to, uh, you know, uh, Gronk or Cameron Brait uh, away from Davis if he doesn't go. Uh, and then I might pivot to CEH if we hear that. Um, I know he's practiced all week, but I don't know if he's going to go or not for sure, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, I want to I want to know. I want a definitive he's starting um, because I don't think he's going to get red zone touches. I don't think he's going to be down there in the goal line. I don't think he's going to be, up, you know, the, the, the chain mover on third down either. So um, I don't know what his role is going to be completely coming off that, that hip and that, uh, you know, ankle injury. So am I crazy and – or did I read something earlier this week that said that somebody in the Chiefs organization, whether it be the team or the organization itself, is unhappy with Claude? Or am I completely, like, misremembering something? You know, I did not come across that. Um, but it doesn't mean that you didn't. You know what I mean? No, no. Uh, consider that something that I'm misremembering until we see otherwise. Um, I do know that Andy Reid has said that he um, he is glad that he's back for this week. So I mean, it 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 sounds you know not 
care. I, it's this is the thing. If if we knew what the coaches were going to do with the players, it'd be easy to do this. We would just go, oh, he's going to give him twenty seven touches, put him in, you know. And uh, we don't, and that's where kind of that looking at the past, how has this played out before, how has he used an injured player, all these things. Uh, it, it does kind of make it more difficult to assess for sure. But Williams was so good in the playoffs last year. It's just harder to deny giving him the opportunity in the lineup this week. I mean, they... well, I think last year it was the other Williams. Oh, I think it was oh. Williams. So I think, I, I think though, what you looked at last week is Darrell Williams scored 13.4 points. He caught four passes out of the backfield. He ran for 78 yards on 13 carries. Average around six yards a pop. I mean, you know, he he was getting the job done, and he's more of a straight ahead runner. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is more of a, a gasher and a, a you know in space you know, shake and bake guy. So I I don't know how this is going to play out. This game is going to be very interesting. Uh, the the Bills did a much better job last week against the run, and I know that's been an area of struggle in the past. But uh, the 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 Ravens not run all over them. You know, uh, so uh, and and it was windy, so it was hard to pass too. Um, you know, the Bills decided not to run the ball themselves <laughs> at all. Um, but I know the Ravens weren't all up up running the ball either. It was a uh, after Lamar Jackson went out, it definitely changed the way the game was played, and they had some they had to run the ball a little bit. But um, you know, they pulling the the, the two quarterbacks so. I'm excited for it. Um, I'm excited to be off work to enjoy the entire entire two games on my couch, not doing anything but drinking beer and soaking in the last few weeks of football. Oh, hell yeah, man. I am uh, not drinking anymore because I'm sober for um, at least until the beginning of the football season next year. Um, and then I think I'll go back to having some beers. I got to lose some weight. I got to get in shape, but I'm going to be at my friend's house. We are going to be live betting. We're going to be in DC, Washington, DC, so we can live bet. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm through the roof excited. This, this is my favorite weekend of the, of the football season. You have two of the most incredible games. Normally, uh, two years ago, if you can remember that, uh, Pat, the, uh, Patriots, in Arrowhead, winning in overtime. I mean, that game was just ridiculous. Um, so, I, I love this. This is my favorite weekend. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be in heaven away from my family. <laughs> uh, I, I also intend on getting away from the family and enjoying that time alone. Social distancing is important these days. So, Oh, of course. Of course. Oh, I... I have an N- N95 mask that I'm going to be wearing. Uh, you know, my daughter's cancer situation means that I've not hung out with anybody all year. Maybe one time I had one friend over here who had a COVID test. We knew his, he didn't have COVID, so he came over. I still wear a mask. It's my own house. You know what I mean? So uh, it's been a weird year, but I'm going to get together with the boys tomorrow. That is, uh, you know, we're going to throw some cash. I mean, I've got 300 plus bucks in the DFS world going. So um, I'm excited. This is going to be, this is going to be a really fun week of football. And to all of the listeners that haven't checked it out down the DFS betting 
channel, we have a link posted for a contest that Scott's running here. Um, $10 entry, uh, good competition, good, uh, good folks in there. And definitely would encourage others to join if you haven't. You can take my money. I joined. So, I mean, I, if anything, there's that for you. Take Scott's yeah. money. Take my money. I mean, we've got a bunch of people in there, too. We've got 40 people out of 50 already filled. And most of them are fantasy football analysts from Twitter who, you know, we got, I'll pull up the list right now. Some of the names I know who are in there, um, you know, Bowman big times in there. My co-host Mike Collins is in there. Uh, we have uh, both you you're in there. We've got uh, Queen Roxanne is in there. Mike Reedy's in there. Howard Bender, Anthony Servino's in there. Michael, um, I'm forgetting his last name right now. Huh? Yeah, Michael Hoff is in there right now. Michael Betts from Fantasy Footballers is in there. Jason Sarney, Jeff Lambert. Um, you know, you, you've got, um, oh, Bob Harris. The Bob Harris is in there. You know, um, Kevin Tompkins is in there. Uh, Hammer. Basically, Hammer yeah. Basically, what you're telling me is that it's my chance to beat all of these pros and then get subsequently banned on Twitter from their accounts after I harass them and, you know, shoving it in their face that I just took their money this past week. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to start a thread tomorrow about, you know, and get all these friends uh, tagged in it and just, uh, just start talking shit. You know what I mean? Because I think that's the funnest part really is, you know, playfully, not angrily. Of course, I want to make sure everyone can read between the lines here. The shit talking is friendly. It's, it's predicated on the fact that, you know, you're probably going to lose. So the shit talking is a little bit more like, you know, um, there's a little bit more bravado that you use. Cause you're like, I know I'm going to lose. So I might as well just, you know, talk some mad shit as soon as anything happens. It's good. <laughs> So that's what I'll be doing tomorrow. Uh, probably just talking mad shit for other people. Uh, shout out my man, Jay. Uh, I don't know if you, if you know Jay on Twitter, but um, you know, he, he's the G man, Jay. Um, he is battling COVID. So, you know, prayers out to him. He jumped in the tournament still. He has his own tournament also on DraftKings, and uh, I'm hoping he wins. So he's my number one seed who I want to win. Ghost, you're my number two seed on uh, who I want to win this tournament. And I'm the number three. So if we can go one, two, three, I'll be pleased. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited all these friends are in here. I mean, it means the world to me that uh, I can put a tournament out there and then a bunch of cool people from Twitter and the fantasy football community are in it and are part of it. Uh, last year, I didn't have any of this. Now I have, you know, an opportunity to build community and I love it. It's great. It's my favorite thing about fantasy football is the people. So, um, and on that note, it's only going to go up from here. It's only going to go up from here. Oh, my goodness, yes. It'll only, only get better. Um, I want to make sure I did answer all the questions in here because there, there are a few questions in here that were, that were in the beginning that I want to make sure I didn't glom over. Do, 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 do. It looks like we sort of tied in most of them, I think. Is there anybody that we talked about today that maybe – um, you're thinking about as a flyer. I know you mentioned Denard Robinson earlier in that build we were making, and you put in Miko Hardman in there. Uh, is there anybody else who's kind of under the radar, maybe a lower priced wide receiver or, um, you know, like an AJ Dillon, you threw him in there. Um, tell us what you're thinking about some of those lower priced options. Um, 
lower price. Let me pull up some of the let me pull up the price sheet real quick. Give me just one moment here. Oh yeah, I, and I can give you some some names here too. Let me pull. Up, I've got the sorting tool. I'll sort by price. Um, yeah. So I mean, anybody under under that six k range, you know. So um, from or maybe maybe under the five k range. Let's put it that way. So you know, I'm All looking right. at, under five k. Let me tell you who I got on DraftKings. People I'm looking at here. Yeah, I mean, John Brown's 40, uh, 30, uh, 4,300. Jamal Williams, 4,400. Alan Lazard, 42. Um, anybody in that range that you're thinking might be a value? Absolutely. Um, one name that stands out to me is TJ Yeldon. Um, I think that there could be an off chance that he gets um, the – I mean, he hasn't had to put up much at 4K. I'm not too interested in playing him. I'd much rather play A.J. Dillon or LaShawn McCoy, honestly. Um, Demarcus Robinson is probably my deepest start throw. Um, although I do like your Gronkowski idea along with Scotty Miller. And another name that really stands out that I feel like I'm going to have to throw in there is... Equinamius St. Brown, or however you want to pronounce his name, um, at 3K. <laughs> the Big E uh, at 3K, I feel like it's something that uh, will be entering my, a couple lineups, if not all of them. I like that. I like that. I, I, sorry, I call him Denard Robinson after the uh, Michigan quarterback. Instead of Demarcus, I got my D and then the emphasis wrong. So, as, as an educator, I always have to go back. I let my kids correct me all the time. So, uh, not Denard. He he won't get you any points on this slate. Don't you play Denard Robinson until Colin Scott <laughs> sent you. <laughs> Don't want you to lose any money on my account, please. Uh, no, no. Lose money because you picked a bad play, not because I told you to pick a player who doesn't exist. But, yeah, those are uh, the guys that stand out to me. Uh... We're coming up on an hour here. Time flew by. Um, any any final notes you want to wrap up with? Um, it's been a great great season running the show with you. I can't can't stress that enough. Uh, can't can't wait to keep doing it going into next season and you know whatever this may expand into. Um, there's always opportunity for growth. Um, Anything you want to say uh, as a final uh, DFS slate episode? Uh, anything? Yeah. Anything I at mean, all? A few things. One, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be able to do this. This is really cool. And I think it was a really good idea for you to jump in and talk as well. I've really enjoyed that aspect of the show. And it's made it so that the dialogue is not just one-sided and you know, not not that we can't think differently or have different thoughts, or we we can share the similar thoughts. That's fine, but you know, just even the the data that you bring isn't the exact source of data that I bring. It's from a different you know organization, and so I like that because it doesn't mean we're perfect or we're or on it you know completely. But it's nice to have confirmation that my process is being uh, validated because I don't just go to you know um, different 
paste sites and then just copy and paste what they think. I, I work on my own. I work with Bo to come up with, we don't have official rankings. Maybe next year we will. Um, but you know, kind of, we have our own rankings. And so uh, it's cool when you share your data and when there are players that overlap, it, it kind of gives me a pause to go, uh-huh. Okay. So this is somebody I need to consider a little bit more. So it just, this, this process helps me get better too. And I love the questions that the, 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 the chat posts all the time. It's great to get me thinking about the slate too. And uh, I don't, the cool part about the show too is I'm prepared. I come in with all my data. I know what I'm going to talk about relative to, you know, what I know, but I love that the chat really does steer uh, what we say and, and get, gets their thoughts uh, answered, you know, what they want to know about. I think for me, that's the most important part of the process is that I could do this and just talk about whatever I wanted and it wouldn't be helpful. And so the feedback from, from the chat and from fans and people sharing what, questions they have really does direct the show and so I, I think that is something I really enjoy and you know, we had a couple people jump in on the mic this year too and so you know all those things I appreciate you all I appreciate the opportunity like I said ghost and uh, you know we'll talk more uh, about you know how we can expand next year and and things we can do to grow but there's definitely a lot of opportunity here in this community and I'm really grateful uh, to be a part of the community and uh, you know I'd love to talk to you too about even setting up you know nimble w numbers uh, discord, you know, for next year and, and, you know, how, how we could, uh, you know, build together that. So, um, lo lots of great stuff, man. You, you are the man. I appreciate all the work you do for our community. Uh, I can't wait for tomorrow. Like what's cool about this is that I talk to you, you know, every Saturday night mostly. And, uh, and then we, we chit chat on Twitter or we text or whatever. And it's just fun to know that people that I am interacting with, caring about, are watching the same thing I'm doing, going through the same, watch the same, you know, blocked field goal or the out of bounds play or the, re, they're just, they're, they're, they're too. You're living the same experience I am uh, at the same time, you know, going through the same emotions. You got same, some of the same guys were betting and things like that. So it's just fun. It's a, it's a, it's a way to build bonds of friendship and shared common experience across the country when you're not together, but you are together. And so uh, I love that. And, and we need that. We need, you know, togetherness, unity, uh, love uh, for one another more than ever. And uh, I like that we decide to spend our Saturday nights not talking about prepping and hating different groups of people or blaming Republicans for this or blaming Democrats for that. But we get to talk about things that we think are really important, which is football, friendship, and winning money you know uh which you could spend on doing more of this so it's it's perfect and uh i love it that's i guess that's my diatribe well i will say that the pleasure has been all ours here at the server getting to have you on uh every saturday night uh, you know as always we'll be in touch uh this has been a, another episode of the dfs slate with Scott Simpson, aka Nimble with Numbers. You can find him on Twitter at NimbleWNumbers. Also, all his uh, content can be found at Don't Let Me Mess Up the Website, Scott. So pipe in here. NimbleWNumbers.com. And my guy, Bo McBigtime, if you put in NimbleWNumbers.com uh, backslash Bo, it takes you right to the good stuff. 
Uh, he's got his lineup up here, which is a piece of the puzzle. His intro paragraphs every week are a mini Matthew Barry, I would say. Um, they're more refined. They're more loquacious. They're more verbose. They're not as long-winded, but they contain in them the essence of the experience that Bo went through the week before in DFS. A lot of times it's related to me, which I like because I uh, am facing him in contests. We are, we are, we're, we're, you know, putting our money where our mouth is with each other, you know, and that's what I like. Like this is a, a, a common bond that Bo and I share. And so I, I want him to be successful. He's had over, I think, 13,000 views of his work this year, uh, and uh, he's phenomenal. And so, you know, I, I'm there, I'm directing the steps of the of the organization, but man, my man Bo is uh, is equal as a partner as I could get. He, he far surpasses me in so many ways, too. So check Bo out. I, I'm a big fan of his. He's my, my staff writer, soon to be more than that. So, you know, check him out and buy his his yummy, delicious hot sauce. If you like hot sauce, he makes his own. I, I'm looking at six bottles on my mantle right now. I bought 20 of them or 18 of them. So I've been eating them like crazy. It was my second. I've had, I think I bought a total of 30 bottles. I've given them out about 10 to my friends. And then I've eaten about 12 bottles since um, maybe September. So I go through this a lot. It's delicious. It's a uh, hot box. It is so good. It is so good. It, yeah, it, it'll knock your socks off, man. Like you, you definitely wake up and you'll be shitting fire. But you know what? It's worth it. It's, it's, it is. And here's the thing. If you eat it the right way, you don't. But if you go if you go heavy bone with it in your first try, you know, you don't know what you're doing. Or if you put it all over your hot wings and go on a show with Chase Vernon and Bo McBig Time and Fantasy Stoner and Rosalia Michaels and, you know, uh, Faith, Leap of Faith over there. We A bunch of us were on and we ate hot, spicy food, uh, wings particularly for me. Other people put hot sauce on pizza and chips, whatever it was. Uh, and uh, we did it for three hours. And after that, we all died. Um, but the coming in hot crew will be doing it again next year. And, uh, we're looking for people to watch and join. So, uh, if you're a fancy football content creator, the spicy jump into that, uh, we'd love to have anybody join us on that, uh, journey of, uh, discovery. <laughs> and there we are. There we are. And don't, uh, don't extend me an invite because I might have to take you up on it. I'll have to talk to Bo. I'm sure he'll want you in, my man. Yeah, I'm sure he would. But oh, all man. right. I won't uh, keep you any longer this Saturday, or this Saturday evening. Yeah, this week's been a long one. I'd uh, think about exactly what day of the week it was. But uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, my friend. Uh, thanks again for a great season on the DFS slate. Can't wait to run it back for season two. Yeah. Uh, 2021 is looking up. Let's... Uh, Let's keep the good vibes rolling. Hell yeah. Thanks, for everybody, for checking me out and for uh, you know supporting this channel. And I look forward to being back here next year. See you guys in the offseason. Reach out. I'm NimbleW Numbers on Twitter. Holler at me.